I'm not sure if college is for me. I don't see how my faith is relevant in today's society. The student debt is at an all-time high. Our generation is quickly losing its ability to think for itself. We exist in a post-Christian society. Most people feel lost, directionless. But it's a complicated story. I know it is. And that's why I'm determined to ask the question, how do I live life well? How do I live a life of flourishing in the midst of all of this? Welcome to The Created Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of The Created Podcast. Um, We are so excited to see where this podcast goes. Um, This is something that's honestly been in the making for a long time. Um, and yeah, we're just, we're just pumped. We have a lot of incredible guests lined up and we just wanted to put together a podcast, um, kind of centered around, um, honestly centered around the vision of created. And that is to see people live life to the fullest. Um, that's to experience human flourishing and and truly discover how to live life. Well, how, uh, how do we live life? Well, so, um, that's what we're going to try to do. Um, and I'm just excited to see where it goes. Um, I'm your host, Isaiah Schmidt. I've been in the creative community for about three years. I was a student in the C2 program. I started in 2017 and then I got the job here around 2019 and I've been on staff for about a year and a half. Just absolutely love the vision of what's happening here. This literally the program changed my life and it's why I'm still here. Um, I'm actually joining the studio today by Andrew Chambers, my co-host, and I'll let him introduce himself. Yeah. So my name's Andrew Chambers. I run all the marketing over here at Created. I've also been in this community for the last three or four years. I uh, came here through a partner organization called Excel. And my wife, Charity, actually is a life and learning coach at Created. And so that's how I became accustomed with the program. You probably won't be hearing from Charity on the podcast because she hates hearing her voice on the <laughs> microphone. But if she heard mine more, she wouldn't hate hers as much. But we are excited to do this podcast for you guys. And we actually wanted to re-engage the conversation with a lot of our alumni. You've come here. You learned how to live well. And we've actually heard from a lot of you that um, to the place that you have gone, you miss this the richness of discussion and discovery and conversation. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to provide a platform for that. But we also know that there's going to be a lot of people that aren't alumni that are listening. And we wanted to do this for you as well, because we are all about human flourishing. So anyone can benefit from listening. But for those of you that don't know what Created even is and are asking, okay, what is this Created Institute that's mm-hmm. about human flourishing? Isaiah, can you give just like a, a brief 30-second rundown into what Created, the program actually is even about? Yeah, absolutely. So the program is an 18-month journey um, where you walk through the liberal arts. You walk through it with an emphasis all the way through. You're practicing the skill of critical thinking. Um, Just speaking a little bit from my own experience, I grew up in the public school system. And while I loved school, I think I just loved it for the social social aspect. I really didn't love the classroom. Um, It was just very assignment-based, very memorization-based. And that's just uninspiring. I didn't love it. You know, I, I knew how to do it and I could do it well. I could play the game, so to speak, but I, I, sh- I certainly didn't love it. Um, what I found here was that reading these primary source documents and engaging with these massive ideas and then and then coming to class and discussing them with my peers and discussing with my professors and hearing their perspective on them, it just changed so much. And I think I just it just lit a fire in me where suddenly I was just so in love with life. I was so in love with learning and I was so in love with God. I began to see life and God in a brand new way. Um, so that's why I'm still here. I'm so passionate about the classroom. I'm passionate about education and learning. Um, and I think that this this podcast is just going to be a great resource for for alumni and and those of you that aren't alumni alike. So yeah, at Created, you know, we're not anti education. We're not anti learning. We're actually insanely for education and yeah. learning. Mm-hmm. We think that 
the methodology and um, I would even say the the value and the depth of learning has actually been lost in our education system in the United States. And we're here trying to recapture that. We say paving a new path, but really we're getting, we're honestly awakening people to old paths that have been in place from ancient times. Mm -hmm. And so we've paved the new way to do higher education and you still come out of creative with an associate's degree, but that's not the point at all. What we say is that we teach you how to live well, how to live life well. And so on this first, this first couple of episodes, we're actually going to give some background behind why we think that the current system of higher ed needs to be disrupted. This first episode is called Disrupting Higher Education and also kind of show what we're doing to disrupt it and how we're paving a new path. And so we're excited to share that with you guys. And on this first episode, we've got Davis Norman, who is the founder of Created, that's going to be with us. We're excited for you guys to hear from him. And he's going to walk us through the history of what higher ed was supposed to be and what it's become and, and why he thinks it's time for a change. Mm-hmm. So we're excited to share that with you guys. So sit back and welcome to the podcast. All right. Well, Davis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. So for those of you that are listening that are not alumni of uh, Created Institute, uh, let me introduce you to Davis Norman. Davis is the founder of Created, and you guys started back in what, 2011? 2011. 2011. So they've been going strong for almost a decade now. And, uh, you know, we try to keep these episodes short so that they're digestible and listenable. So we'll just hop right in. Um, Davis, one of your big things that you've been talking about is it's time to disrupt higher education. That's one of the reasons you found the created. Um, and that's one of, one of the kind of pathways that we are going through as we're creating a new path. So I guess like, give me a little history behind that idea. Why, um, what's the history of the current system that we're in and why is it time to disrupt that? Yeah, I think the way I like to describe it is it's just become a tired system and it was built for another era. And to be honest, I think it's lost its way and struggling really to remain important today. And the reason why, you know, we're, we're seeing the trends now and the downward trends that for starters, you know, young men and women no longer see it as a privilege going to college is a privilege anymore, mm-hmm. but it's, they now see it as a necessary evil that they have to endure and it's an expensive one at that. Hmm. And really expensive. Very expensive. And not, but not only that, you know, I see stats now touting a 50 to 60% graduation rate, but it's over a six year period. Dang. I mean, the sad part is anywhere 50, which means anywhere from 40 to 50% are graduating, number one, but it's taken them six years to do it. And it used to be four. When I was in, it was four. It's, it's technically you can still do it in four, but it's averaging now close to five and a half to six years. Wow. Well, I'm looking at some of the stats you got here. So, you know, going to college now, the average student loan total, to, the average student loan debt total per person is $31,000. Correct. I mean, you, you'll find all kinds of sites with different stats, but, you know, it's generally around these areas. of Yeah. A, yeah. yeah. And so I see average monthly student loan debt for graduates, $393 a month. Total student loan debt in the U.S., $1.5 trillion. Um, you know, we just, Isaiah was just showing us a video uh, with Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. and they were kind of comparing it to indentured servitude. Yeah, let's listen to a clip of this real fast just so you guys can get a 
yeah. can get a feel for it. You know, I think I think that wow, I think a that guy the used to teach at Harvard just says send him to trade school. I think the universities, <laughs> I, I think the universities, I think you can make a reasonable case that the universities do more harm than good now. I wow. hate to say that. Well, this also this is a strange time where access to information is so incredibly easy. You can get you could educate yourself right seemingly endlessly online. Um, and with books and just there's so much information available. This is not the 1930s this, It's yeah. not a time where it was difficult to get an education. Yeah, it's really it's yeah It's a terrible thing to say that the universities may do more harm than good and and I haven't come to that conclusion lightly Well, there's and I also hate to say it. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you do There's also a, a gigantic financial stake the, the amount of money that you're well that and this is especially the case in the US I mean one of the things that's happened over the last 30 years is that the the proportion of university expenditures that's gone to the administration has has massively massively increased and at the same time the student loan burden has increased and so what's happened in a weird sense is that the administrators have conspired to steal the future earnings of their students and then mm. you can't declare bankruptcy so to me it's indentured servitude well, you can't declare bankruptcy on student loans right that's you a can't very declare, important distinction that's right. you cannot declare bankruptcy on student loans so you think about that. You tell me what difference there is between that and indentured servitude. There's not much because it's the only thing that I can even think of where that's the case. Corporations can go bankrupt. Right. They and do it all the time. Individuals can. Individuals right. can. Businesses can fail. You you can be deemed in, incompetent or, or not capable of paying your debt in every other case, but not with universities. Yep. Right. That right. is crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, so so kind of my take on that is is um, what they're talking about indentured servitude, you know, um, becoming a slave to to just the system, um, just this. It's I mean you're you're enslaved to that system before you're even enrolled in college, even just from a a young a young kid. You're you're kind of just you buy into this idea that you have to go to college, and that's kind of where it starts. And then all through high school, you're just you're not even asking the question, should I go? Is it wise to go? It's just where am I going to go? Um, what am I going to do? Davis, I see another one of your stats down here is twenty-seven percent of graduates work at a job related to their field of study. Yeah, and see that this is one that's not, you know, the, they they tout the message: go to college so you can get a job. And but it's interesting. What's not ever talked about is seventy-five percent that earn a degree are not working in the area of their degree. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm not. <laughs> only about 25, 27%. Yeah. Okay, so what, I mean, like, what are they doing? Or like, what, how is this, what's the issue here? So for starters, you know, young men and women no longer see college as a privilege today as they once did. Mm -hmm. And they starting to see it, as I talk to them, they see it more as a necessary evil that you have to endure. But it's an expensive one at that. And... Where, where you start to see statistics where only 50 to 60% are actually graduating. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. I know, but it's taking them six years to do it. Mm -hmm. And then you add the cost that comes with that. So now the average student loan debt per, per, per person is around an average of $31,000. The monthly payment on that debt when they graduate is right around $400 a month. Mm -hmm. And that's difficult when you're adding rent, car, everything mm. else, and you add an additional $400 a month on top of that makes it extremely difficult to get started. Mm. 
Um, and then you hear things. This is one that's often not talked about. When you have 27% of graduates, only 27% work in a job related to their field of study. That means 75% are working in jobs mm -hmm. other than what they got their major in. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I have tons to say about this. In fact, we should dedicate an entire podcast to this one issue alone. So, yes, it's time. Again, it's a tired system that's lost its way. And I argue it was built for another day. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, built for another day. What was that other day? Like, what, 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 where did the system come from that we have now? And why is it not working for us? Yeah, it's probably best to provide a short historical context that it's just important to know that the, when the United States first started, it began more as an agricultural civilization. And those that had the privilege of attending the university, its curriculum primarily focused on the liberal arts and theology. Hmm. And the goal was to produce wise and virtuous men. Hmm. And it was understood that these men would be next generation of leaders. So that is what kind of leaders... Hmm. Do we want guiding us? Hmm. So we weren't producing just, you didn't go to college to get a job. No. Hmm. You went to college. Become wise and virtuous. Huh. Hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Hmm. Is that, is that, that was not my college experience. Yeah. <laughs> that was not my college experience. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It rarely is today. I mean, we value that less mm -hmm. and less over mm -hmm. time. And the reason why is because when the, in, the industrial revolution was introduced, hmm. um, that changed the landscape of higher education. And the emphasis over time moved or shifted from creating wise and virtuous people to creating skilled laborers for the industrial age. Because mm -hmm. remember, they were our farmers. Mm -hmm. And now we had this new machinery. So over time, how do we create skilled labor to be able to run our machines? Mm -hmm. And this is why when you ask someone today the reason for going to college and they're going to get tell you the answer to get a job. But this mm -hmm. is where it comes from. So... Well, one more piece of that. Yeah. That over time, even the image or the way the, the, the education system was built started to reflect the industrial metaphor. Hmm. And this is why today we group people according to ages and march them through an assembly line type of education hmm. with standardized testing, standardized curriculums. And with the assumption that we're all the same, that we all learn the same way and at the same pace. And in the end, we just spit them out and thinking everyone is the same. It's just this assembly line hmm. type of education. So let's let's talk about that for a second. Okay, you know, when you were in high school, Isaiah, mm -hmm. did you, like, we all had the same desk, like, school dress code Put them yeah. in rows same <laughs> curriculum a bell releases you literally in oh whoa just yeah. like oh i didn't even think about yeah, that i just yeah. think about a factory you huh, go on break go for a cigarette the mm -hmm. bell releases you things like you know huh well, you're not smoking cigarettes in school but hopefully not. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're not supposed to be <laughs> yeah huh but even at yeah you can look at it even back my mom recently she's working in uh in pre-k she's working in preschool and kindergarten now and she said she said literally one of the most fundamental things that they're just trying to teach them these, these kids. And it's just to just teach them how to listen to orders hmm. and just how to obey, hmm. how to hear something and obey it just hmm. practically. Hmm. Because I mean, that's the very like most fundamental thing about a, an industrial worker right? is to hear and listen to orders and then like start to develop that routine of, wow. 
Here's your task. Complete well, it's just task. rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse mm-hmm. and repeat. Memorize, spit it out. Spit well, it out. I think to your point too, um, it's made as if everyone is the same person. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I had a kid that was in our high school that was brilliant, but mm-hmm. he was like always failed everything because he just never wanted to do it. And now mm-hmm. he's like a big up international paper. Mm-hmm. And like everybody thought he was a clown, you know, yeah. and then kids that were like acing tests because they were great test tasers are like <laughs> selling drugs now are doing like crazy stuff. It's like, yeah. So, I, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, do you know, pro- you guys know Propaganda? The the artist. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He, do you know Propaganda? No. He's a, Come on. You know. What? You don't know Propaganda? <laughs> we got to get Davis woke. Okay. So if anybody can send us some, uh, some, ah, never mind. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so propaganda, he's a like a Christian spoken word hip hop artist type guy, and he's actually got a he's got a um, spoken word piece he does called Board of Education. Hmm. Um, oh, we should play that in this. Oh, that'd be cool. But um, if not, we'll put it in the show notes. And uh, but part of he talks about he's got a friend that kind of same deal. He like flunked algebra and like owns his own design firm now. Mm-hmm. But it's just the whole thing is, dear board of education, we're board of education, <laughs> and it's funny. you know he was talking about that a decade ago. But I think to you know with Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan, and you've been saying it for mm-hmm. a decade now too. It's like people are starting to catch on. Like, is the university system actually doing good or more harm than good? Mm-hmm. Well, it just plays into that's what I keep saying. That's why mm-hmm. I like to categorize it as a tired system mm. it's just very tired now because like i said it was built for another day mm-hmm. and you know the people that built for the industrial age and they built it in the image or the metaphor of the industrial age you know the people who brought about this change never considered what would happen if we ever left the industrial age mm. and yet the entire system was built mm. for the industrial age and in the image mm. of the industrial age yeah. and so with well, that Time has come, and we've now entered the information age, hmm. but we're still educating for the industrial economy. Huh. And this actually brings up an important point, is because of the information age, the current system is being disrupted, and it's becoming increasingly irrelevant. Hmm. Education and learning is not becoming irrelevant. It's Yeah, so it's, it's not that education and learning is what's becoming irrelevant, it's the form mm-hmm. is becoming ir- irrelevant today. Mm-hmm. As in the fact that I need to learn how to design or learn how to code or mm. like learn English, like those things are not changing, but the way that I have access to learning them is what's changing. Is that what you're saying? Or- well, it, it's, it's, um, without, being too controversial here because this is another topic altogether. I mean, but it's, it's an our illu- podcast. You can but it's, a, it's an illustration <laughs> that when you take churches, for example, the the Bible, the content should remain constant, hmm. but the form can change. Mm-hmm. And it's time for the church, I think, to also examine itself and examine its form. Hmm. But hmm. the content can remain the same, hmm. and so it's the same thing here. The content. A lot of it can remain the same, mm. but it's time to re-examine the, the form it's taking. The way that we... It's yeah. not working mm. anymore. Yeah. yeah. And that's why you're hearing those comments on board. Yeah. On board with education. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. 
I mean, you you know, most of your friends are in college, right? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So like what online at least right now? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah, we're recording this on March twenty third, so uh, we're like one of the few states not on quarantine right now. Yeah, but we are on quarantine. Yeah, because we're safe and we follow CDC guidelines. <laughs> just in case y'all didn't know. Uh, okay, so like your friends that were in college, like what are they saying hmm. about their college experience? Like, are they yeah. growing? Are they learning? No, it's it's just they can justify being there because of the career that they can see, kind of the light at the end of the mm-hmm. tunnel. Hmm. Uh, that's what I see, at least yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, well, I mean, like I said, the the information age is disrupting the industry, right? Mm-hmm. And what's happened is is parents are starting to realize, and students, of course, already realize that they can have world class instruction and information at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. So when I, you ask a young person today where they go if they want to learn something, they're going to tell you somewhere on the internet. Mm-hmm. And they can go to Google, YouTube, and other websites that can provide them the content they're looking for. Right. In other words, if a young person wants to learn how to build something, they can watch a video on how to do it and go build it. They right. don't need to spend $20,000 a semester to learn how to do it. Right. So you have a whole host of websites now uh, to get the same type of information, world-class mm-hmm. information at your fingertips. Right. And one more thing you see, when I went to school, um, I didn't go during the information age. Hmm. We had to physically go somewhere right. to receive instruction and information. Hmm. And this is no longer the case. It's at hmm. your fingertips. Oftentimes it's better. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but you can always see, this is the interesting part. You can go back and rewatch something now. Right. See, right. when you're at college or a class, right. you might record it. But today, but, you know, now you now because it's video instruction, it's just mm-hmm. right there on your fingertips. You can rewind. You can watch as much as you want. Mm-hmm. I actually think a fantastic illustration of this is literally the current state of most American students, higher education students right now, even high school students. They're at home right. looking at their screen right. and their professor who essentially is just a live lecture, a live right. lecture versus yeah, yeah. a recorded lecture. Which they could just read or what? Yeah. They're right. watching them talk. They're giving the lesson. They're just, they're barely interacting, you know? Yeah. They're, it's weird. It's like, it's one of the most, it's just a weird thing to see. I yeah. was watching just a friend of mine who's, who's on online classes right now. And it's just, yeah, it's so weird. Well, I wonder if it's going to transition. I wonder if the, the pandemic, the epidemic that we find ourselves in now is, is, is going to transition us as a society, like to, mm. Well, I mean, what can't be lost, and this is, you know, where what we can't lose, which is something that we need to address in the in the podcast itself. What we can't lose is that face to face interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, we're already spending an overabundance of time right on our screens, right? Mm-hmm. So, just offering online education is not the answer, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I, I think I think your point is is well taken with Isaiah's friends because Isaiah's friends are in college right now because, and I went to my dad, like I went to college because you have to get that piece of paper in order to get a job. And so to Davis's earliest statement was university college used to be for producing wise, mature, virtuous human beings. And now it's to produce people that can get a job. Yeah. And so, but the issue and kind of tying this all in, the issue is that now you can learn things without the university to help you get a job. Hmm. And so that's one of the reasons it's becoming irrelevant. And so I guess to Davis's point is, is it, is it helping you get a job 
well, it might not be the most efficient way anymore. Well, is it helping you become wise and virtuous? I mean, definitely not in most cases. Mm-hmm. And so what is it good for? Well, again, it's because people are questioning or because young men and women have access to, to all the same information mm-hmm. at their fingertips. It's now they're beginning to question and parents are beginning to question. Why am I spending all this money when I have it right here? Right. Hmm. Why are you asking me to go into all this debt when I can get the same information for free Hmm. Uh, or little to no cost, which brings up the next point is why it's time to rethink education because the current system is it's unsustainable. Hmm. It's this combination of quality decreasing and at the same time, cost increasing. Hmm. I mean, that's just Hmm. completely unsustainable. Hmm. Mm -hmm. When you have a market out there that's, that believes, and rightfully so, mm. that the quality of education is going down, but yet the cost seems to continue to go up. Mm. That's just unsustainable. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to those earlier statistics right? that they average around 31000 mm. in debt. Yeah. And we're operating out of, just to be clear, and this is kind of a question for you, Davis, like, what even is that education that they're receiving? So the- there's a lot to say that's worth noting, but about education losing her way. And this idea, what is the purpose of education? And even more succinctly, what is an educated person? To me, the answer is rooted in what does it mean to be human? Because education is a human institution. We didn't build the system to educate dogs and cats giraffes and penguins we did it to educate humans so the purpose of education should be to make excellent humans we should be in the human building business and what does it mean to be an excellent human and herein lies the problem in a relativistic culture there is no commonality now Hmm. we don't know Hmm. any longer there's no agreement as to what human excellence is Mm -hmm. Or rather, what makes human, yeah, so we don't know what makes humans excellent. Hmm. And so, when a civilization or really the higher education industry exchanges truth for falsehood, hmm. goodness for evil, beauty for ugly, you know, a civilization, an individual, a society can't flourish and it's destined to devolve. Or when you can no longer differentiate, see, this is the problem that the university has Hmm. in a relativistic culture, when you can no longer differentiate for people and help them navigate the difference, or you no longer see a difference Hmm. between truth and goodness, Mm -hmm. truth for falsehood, beauty for evil and beauty Hmm. for ugly. Hmm. So when the system can't even acknowledge the existence of objective truth, goodness, and beauty, how can it guide or to be the bastion of human excellence? And so my point is why perpetuate this system? And this is why I'm saying it's tired and it's time to usher in a new era of education. It goes back to your question, um, which why it, it can't, it can't, it can't provide guidance anymore because it's lost. It doesn't, it no longer knows or believes or it's confused on what excellence is. Hmm. And so how do you guide a generation into human excellence when you don't even know what it is or you can't even agree upon it? 
So, therefore, they're unable to impart the right wisdom and virtue to the next generation. And so what they ended up doing is you abandon that altogether and let's just prepare students for jobs. Hmm. Let's just abandon that quest. Hmm. Let's don't worry about human excellence. Hmm. Let's just give them some jobs Hmm. to make money to survive. Hmm. And that's the difference as, as far as it comes back to you don't understand what a human is. Because if you think you just give them money, all you're saying is, well, they just need food, clothing, and shelter. Mm-hmm. No, that's how humans survive. That's not how they thrive. Mm-hmm. What humans need, truth, goodness, beauty, morality. Yeah. You need all these things. You need um, you need social stimulation. You need yeah. spiritual stimulation. You need mm-hmm. intellectual stimulation. Mm-hmm. You need moral stimulation. You need emotional stimulation because this is what a human being is. Yeah. And if you reduced humans to just an economic animal, yeah, yeah, then you're directing them to be less human. You're pushing them to be less human mm-hmm. and not more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's the pursuit of to be fully human, in a sense. Yeah, I believe it is because education is in the, it, it's, it's a human institution coming out of, I think the framework and the perspective that we come from, mm-hmm. what essentially makes us human is the Imago Dei. Mm. Let us make man mm. in our image. Mm. So to be human is to maximize the image of God within us. Mm. That's good. That's what, but that's what it means. I mean, <laughs> becoming an excellent human, in my opinion, is maximizing the image of God within us. Mm-hmm. We're moral creatures. Mm-hmm. We're spiritual creatures. We're emotional creatures. We're intellectual creatures. We're physical creatures. Mm-hmm. And to dismiss any one of those, mm-hmm. you're dismissing a huge dimension of mm-hmm. our humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we're going to pave a new pathway to education, it needs to be a pathway that leads to human flourishing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But we can't reduce it to simply economic flourishing, mm-hmm. which is what we've done. I mean, that was Karl Marx's vision. How did mm-hmm. that turn out? Yeah. Even just thinking in terms of the practicality of uh, an employer, if he looked at someone that has a degree, Versus someone that in the truest sense is flourishing. Who mm-hmm. would they hire? In, in what you were talking about, flourishing intellectually, flourishing socially, mm-hmm. flourishing morally. Yeah. The person is whole. The person is whole and healthy. Yeah. Versus the one that's specialized. Mm-hmm. Specialized because he has a degree. Mm-hmm. I think it's totally practical to pursue that health and that, wholeness. The yeah. whole person. Yeah. yeah. But that Absolutely. was the original design of the university. Mm-hmm. Right. Before the industrial age hit. Right. How do mm-hmm. we create wise and virtuous people? In right. other words, how do we create excellent humans? Right. Mm-hmm. Now, the so I know this is this could transition into the next podcast, what mm-hmm. I'm about to say, but it's my argument that that's what that's what education should focus on mm-hmm. human building. Mm-hmm. But you have to have an agreement on what excellence is, right? So you know what to pursue, right? Um, there has to be a standard. There has to be a standard. I'll just start sharing some things and you guys can mm-hmm. edit. 
if you want. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, um, it ought to be the search for what's really true, what's really good, what's really beautiful. That's what we ought to be searching for. That's what we should be pursuing. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we do that, what does the wise man do? The wise man doesn't fight it. Mm -hmm. The wise man, when he discovers it, conforms to it. Mm -hmm. Because the, the more you conform to it, the more you're conforming to the way the world was meant to be. Reality doesn't conform to us. Mm -hmm. We discover what's really real, mm -hmm. and the wise man conforms to it. And in doing so, you'll live a more flourishing life. Right. Mm. So for a silly example, mm. I just look at food, for example, mm -hmm. just for a silly illustration. Mm -hmm. What do humans need uh, to flourish as, um, nutritionally? Greens, veggies. Yeah. Yeah. A food meat. pyramid. What if I said, well, I don't. Pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> what if I said, I don't like that reality. Mm. I want sugar. Right. And I want sugar 24 seven. Right. Well, you're not going to flourish. Well, I want right. reality to bend to me. Right. No reality doesn't bend to you. Right. It's mm -hmm. like gravity. Just because you don't want it to be there doesn't mean it's not exactly. there. Exactly. Unless you get no, as they so the wise man, stuff, but... <laughs> wise man doesn't fight it. Right. The wise man discovers it and yeah. conforms to it. So that's what education should be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where the university, I think where they went wrong where it started to go wrong, where it failed is they should never have gotten into the vocational training business. Mm -hmm. and the reason why I say that it is the least effective way mm -hmm. to learn a skill. It's the most time consuming way to learn a skill. Mm -hmm. And it's the most expensive way to learn a skill mm -hmm. that throughout all of human history until this recent window of time, the most effective way to learn a skill was through apprenticeships. Mm -hmm. We you attach yourself to a master craftsman of some sort and you learn directly from them, mm -hmm. not in a classroom. Yeah. You learn directly from a professional in the industry. And that's how most people mm. learn their skills mm -hmm. and their trade, mm -hmm. not through the university system. Should have never gone that route. It should have focused on human excellence mm. and let apprenticeships handle job training. Yeah. So that wraps up our first episode with Davis Norman, the founder here at mm. Created. And uh, that's a lot to chew on. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. Um, gosh, I don't know. I feel like one one big takeaway for me is just the idea that um, I, I always like to think, how is this practical? Um, you know what I'm talking mm, about? Yeah. Like when you when you look at a university, you say you almost have to justify the cost. Mm. It's four years, five to six is what the number he was quoting of your life. And, and thousands, tens of thousands of dollars, right. but it's justified because of the job that it's supposed to get you. And a lot of times it doesn't produce on that. Um, but this idea of a university being for the human development, like what did he say? It's in the business of human flourishing, right? It should be. In the it business. should be in the yeah. business. So it's like, what's the practicality of that? Yeah. And I think it's the most practical thing mm -hmm. to develop yourself mm -hmm. as in, in, in the field of virtue and in the field of morality and the field of wisdom. Like, more practical than even a trade or more practical than a skill that's going to get you a, a career or an occupation. Right. Well, you know, I got a feeling that some people that just heard this 
are going to be like, man, I totally feel you. I didn't want to go to university anyway. I didn't think it was going to be any good. Mm -hmm. um, I want to hear more about what you guys are talking about. The What is this pathway? And then some people are going to be like, I love the thought of going to university. Mm -hmm. And that's it comes as more of kind of a shock. So, you know, to those people, I would just encourage you maybe just rest, wrestle a little bit. Why mm. am I actually going to college? Why am I going to school? Mm. Is it actually going to get me to where I want to go? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk about this here at Creative. If you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or one of those focused um, industries, mm -hmm. you need to go to college because college is the pathway to get you there. Mm -hmm. um, but not everyone needs that. No, absolutely. Absolutely not. And a lot of people, I think, go into university having, I mean, they have absolutely no idea why they're going. Right. They have absolutely. No, I didn't I, know. I was going to get a piece of paper so yeah. I could get a job, so I could EAT, so I didn't DIE. That's yeah. What, that's what my dad always told me. Yeah. Yeah. But for like for me, and this might be just speaking to some of our alumni, finishing the created program, I had such a love for life, a love for God, and a love for learning. Mm. I actually wanted to go. Mm. There's a part of me that wants the classroom now, mm. and I hated mm -hmm. school like mm -hmm. my whole life. So yeah. there's a there's something like when when suddenly you start to see the world in a different way. Um, I don't know, just that appetite was so there. I wanted to go back and I almost, yeah. So, you know, one of the big things we're about here at Created is you being able to look at something from all angles and think critically through it, not just believe something because told, somebody told you to, but actually look at it from all sides, like twist the diamond around and let the light come through from all ways and mm -hmm. discover what's actually true. Mm -hmm. And so no matter where you land on this issue of if university is actually doing what it is supposed to be doing mm -hmm. of leading what it was originally designed to do, which was lead people to human flourishing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we think it got hijacked. We encourage you wrestle that down. Look mm -hmm. at this, look at your experience, look at the system as it is now and see if it's actually doing that. Yeah. Um, don't take our word for it. And in the meantime, we actually have another podcast that we're going to record. Yeah. Really excited for that next episode. So Davis, Davis is going to come back. And since we just talked about why the system needs to be disrupted, next time we're actually going to talk about what is this what is this disruption that we're doing? What is this mm. new path that we're carving? Mm. And just a sneak peek, it's going to have to do with having that that worldview that comes from a biblical narrative and liberal arts education mix the way that we do it, mm. uh, plus an apprenticeship the way that people have been doing it for ages. Yeah. Um, and now that I think about that, like something I've kind of said is we we say a new path, but really this path is not new. Mm. Um, it's, it's really ancient and old mm. and we're actually kind of, yeah, no, I it back to life. Yeah. yeah. It's, we're bringing back something. Yeah. So, um, tune in next week. We should have that next podcast out episode two, um, featuring Davis. He's just kind of following up with a part two of, of this first one. Um, what is that new model that we've been talking about? Meantime, we would love to hear from you guys. So if you want to reach out and have any questions for us about any of this, we'd actually love to answer those on the next podcast. Uh, and you can email those questions to Isaiah mm -hmm. at... Yeah, at ischmidt at created.education. All right. And uh, in the meantime, bless you guys. Have a great week. Have a great week. Over and out. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's it. Pew.